Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camel wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com and by Professional Hearing Care, LLC of Moston, La Crosse, Westby, and Fitchburg, profhearingcare.com. I'm Dan Small. Today we'll talk with environmental historian Lowell Beyer about the 50th anniversary of the Endangered Species Act, and we'll find out what's going on this winter in Florence County with Economic Development Director Eric Prince. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, heard every week at this time on AM 1070, The Game, and anytime at all, wherever you get your podcasts. That might be Lakelink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, or other platforms. And joining us once again is McFarland Guide Ron Bearfield. Well, Ron, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Well, thanks, Dan. I haven't talked to you in quite a while now. How was your deer season? season. Bow season was good. Saw a lot of deer. I, I passed a lot of bucks. Now, this deer we didn't want to really shoot right now. So I had a guy that shot one. He was going back to Ohio and he, brought, he gave me that buck because he didn't want it. Oh no. And, uh, <laughs> he, well, he's going to have the skull mounted, but he said, oh, I got to get back to Ohio and I can't, you know. He was hunting with one of the neighbors that hunts by us and he was going to have my buddy do a skull mount on it. Sugar River texted me. You know, he had registered and everything. Then he says, would you like to have this buck? I said, yeah, I'll take it. You know, that was opening weekend. Oh, yeah. Anyway, during the muzzleloader season and during the, the rifle season, I think I passed 17 different bucks. And I never did shoot one, never filled my tags. They already had that one, so I really didn't need any more. But we had some nice deer in there, nice bucks that we, some little bucks. And then there was, uh, we had some nice three-and-a-half-year-olds that we need to get a little more age on. Uh-huh. You and I have that in common, that we didn't fill our tags, but in my case it was because I didn't see one to shoot at. You've got too many deer down there. Well, we got a lot of bucks, but it's in a whole, it's a big area, and it, they move in and out. They move around a lot. There's a lot of deer shot in the area, too, so I don't know how many of them got whacked. I just didn't whack them myself. But yeah. We try to let them get a little age on them, and I know everybody's going, oh, CWD, CWD, you got to to be very honest with you, we've been eating them for years without testing them. I'm not too worried about it. I'm not one of those big believers, I guess, that you're going to die from it. Well, I don't know if you're going to die from it either, but we test ours just to know. Yeah, when well, you t- we know it's down here, so and we don't worry about it. And when you take out a deer that's positive, at least you're taking one out of the out of the herds. Well, did you do any fall turkey hunting? I didn't. I could have shot some nice toms over while I was bull hunting. Mm-hmm. I didn't, uh, to be very honest, I forgot to get my fall turkey tag, but I had some good footage with my camera of bucks. We've got a pond, and they, they come there to drink a lot, and these turkeys were right there with them, these big toms, you know, 20 yards from the stand. As long as you just sit still, they didn't seem to bother them. There's quite a few out there. Yeah, we saw quite a few up in Bayfield County as well, and I was surprised at sitting in a tree stand in Blaze Orange and not moving much, but moving enough to get some video with my phone. Didn't seem to bother them. I guess they know they're not being hunted. I don't know. Well, that could be. that uh, They can be very smart sometimes, and other times it seems like they can be very dumb. So, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? It's some of the bigger toms, there was two big toms that, they kept coming in, and they were all around me 15, 20 yards, you know, when I was bow hunting. And I just sat still and watched them, and I know they they looked at me once or twice, you know, kind of like, what's that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then they went up uh, up the hill behind me, and as it got dark, they roosted in the trees right there. So, mm-hmm. And I got out of the tree, and it didn't, or it didn't seem to bother when I got out and left. So. Yeah, we've had that happen, too, and so far we haven't busted them when we've gotten out. But now come turkey season, it may be a different story. Yeah. It seems like it anyway. Well, how about fishing? Fishing has been pretty good. I mean, we've got some nice weather this week, and I'll be on the Mississippi River tomorrow fishing uh, over there for walleye. It's been Madison Chain. We've been able to get out and fish muskies. I had a pretty good muskie fall. 
caught some decent fish, caught a lot of nice walleyes out of Mendota this fall. A lot of them at night, though. It seems like that was a night bite. That's been very good. Fish actually are up in five, six feet of water, you know, on the flat. Mm -hmm. And we're just fishing swim baits. Uh, I even had a day where we caught quite a few on spinnerbaits. I had some really nice pike this fall out of Mendota. Biggest one was about 42 inches. Very that's, nice fish. That's a good fish. Yeah, we had quite a few fish in that mid-30s to, say, 37, 38 inches. We had quite a few that size. So they're there. It's just a matter of getting out and putting the time in for them. Yep, for sure. Well, gosh, we've still got a few days of warm weather. Do you think it's worth getting out on the lakes? Oh, it is. Anytime you can get out with 50-degree weather in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, if you got the time and you don't have to be at work, I'd definitely be out there. The bites, like I say, it's been good. Uh, it's slower, you know, you're starting to fish more live bait, things like that. Minnows, minnow patterns seem to work very well right now. Uh, Wabisa, uh, the night bite for walleyes has been good all fall there as well. I mean, any place you've got a little current, like the railroad trestle or, or any of those places, uh, the south end of the lake, there's, there's some current where a couple creeks come in down there, small creeks and, it doesn't create a lot of current, but there's some current, and those fish are up in four or five feet of water at night. You can actually shine a light; the water so nice and clear that you can see them. Uh huh. And are you casting, Adam? You said uh, spinner baits in some cases. Some cases, it was uh, fast style spinner bait was working very well one day on Mendota. But yeah, we're casting to all of them. We're using old like shadow wraps. They've been working very well. Any type of a swim bait. I don't have any real favorite. Drastic plastic out of Montello, Wisconsin. His minnow patterns have been working very well on these fish, and he's got some really cool colors. So I think DNS might carry something like that. But anyway, I, I don't get real carried away with my swim baits or, that I have a favorite one. That's I think more if, if you put it in front of the fish you're gonna, and they're active, you're going to catch them. Yep, yep, that seems to be the case. You're going to be fishing the Mississippi. friends who, and I haven't talked to them just lately, but they've been fishing for panfish and doing pretty well. Yes, and uh, they started did start getting some ISO on some of the sloughs over there for a while. Now I'm probably gone by now, or, or pretty close to it. Yeah. I know uh, some, some of the guys over there were breaking ice to get out, to get into some of those sloughs. That might be a factor, too. Speaking of getting out, how are the landings on the Madison chain? Now the piers are taken out, right? Maybe, yeah, pretty well pulled the piers. Uh, there, there was in Warner a little bit uh, last week, a little bit of ice kind of come, you know, in there, and it was that little launching area behind the break wall there. Not much, you know. You could break it to get out. Tenney Park, you could still get in there. They didn't have the pier gun was pulled out, but you just got to pull your boat up and be careful. Don't pull up and on the concrete and slam the bottom of it. So just got to be careful. Mm-hmm. But uh, Babcock still, of course, they don't take the piers off there. They just shut the gate. Yeah. But it was open uh, open this last week, so you can still put a boat in there. All right. Well, you think we'll be ice fishing this year before January? I don't think so. Yeah. Myself, because it's supposed to be in the upper 30s next week all week. Yeah. It's gonna At night, it's going to get cold, but it's not going to get cold enough to make ice big enough for us to uh, fish on. Of course, there was guys the other day that were out on Cherokee Marsh, but uh, they can have that. Yeah. You know, last year, the time there was a bunch of guys went through out there on Cherokee Marsh, too. <laughs> yep, yep. It's a little early. A little early for that. Yeah, they're pushing it a little bit. So. Well. Uh, but anyway, I, I wouldn't do it myself. Yeah. Well, Rod, thanks so much for that report, and good luck on the Mississippi. We'll catch up with you again. Maybe we'll wait till ice, and, and maybe not. We'll just see if this warm weather continues. I'm sure you're going to still be boating somewhere. I'll be on either the Wisconsin River or somewhere like that, probably my next uh, next adventure next week. So. All right. Well, thanks so much. We'll, be, we'll keep in touch. All right, man. Thank you. You bet. Ron Bearfield with the Madison Outdoors Report. 
I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 608- Two nine two four nine one six, or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, joining me once again from Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, uh, <laughs> I don't have much of a deer season to report. I hope you do. Uh, I I really don't, Dan. It's... Uh... It has been uh, an odd year, um, just things not uh, working out the way I had intended uh, or intended to. Kind of a zigzag issue. I, I know where deer are and trying to get there at different times, but life gets busy certain days. You don't make it out, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And lots of different excuses, but not a whole lot of deer in the freezer. Yeah, okay. Well, is Robert looking forward to this weekend, a little antlerless hunting? Uh, he is. I mean, it's kind of the last, uh, last try with, uh, the rifle, which is what he's most comfortable with. And, yeah. um, we'll see if there's uh, an opportunity for him here, uh, over the weekend, you know, with changing weather conditions there, there might be something. Yeah. Well, speaking of weather, this was the mildest gun season and muzzleloader season I can remember. I spent only, what was it, three or four days of the first weekend and into the week of the gun season. But then I went up back to Bayfield for the last five days of muzzleloader, and it was barely freezing overnight and then into the mid-30s and even up to 40 during the day. Uh, Way too comfortable, but it was (laughs) nice to be out in that weather. Yeah. We got about an inch and a half of snow, in the middle of the of the hunt, and we thought, okay, here we go. At least we're going to be able to see tracks. And, of course, we did see tracks, and I followed one set and jumped a deer that had been bedded, never saw it, thought I was pushing it to John because it normally, they normally run east when they jump from this uh, particular ridge. Well, this one started east, and then he cut south, and had John been in, uh, a ladder stand that our friend Alex Blaine put up years ago and that we sat in off and on. He'd had a shot at the deer, but he was uh, along the gas line where we have killed deer before, and the deer went the other way, of course. And hmm. I saw more turkeys, though. Holy mackerel, did I see turkeys. I had seven toms the last morning, came wow. marching down the trail, and then 18 hens and jakes and a brood, or, or multiple broods, I'm assuming. I, I know there were some bigger birds in there, but 25 turkeys on our property and neighboring properties, too, because they wander on and off. So it is looking good for spring turkey anyway. Yeah, I suppose. And, um, yeah, you know, I, you talk about the snow, Dan, and that's one thing that I, I really have kind of uh, swung on and missed this year uh, the few snowfalls we have had in, uh, you know, the, the later portion of the early bow season, 
the rifle season and muzzleloader season, I, I've, I've really tried to get out on those days or after those, you know, those days, you know, you kind of want to, you kind of believe that those deer want to get up and move once it's done snowing. And, yeah. uh, I, I've, I've, I've missed it. It's, it's like, it's like they've not read the same script that I have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've just not experienced what I, I have typically experienced in the past. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think in our case, they are reading the script and they're saying, well, okay, I know what they're going to do. We're going to do this. And so I ended up taking a lot of photos of old stumps, <laughs> um, which are pretty abundant on our property because it was logged off during the logging era and there's still a few remnant, really, really big stumps. I mean, three, four feet across some of them. They're yeah. barely recognizable as stumps, but a few still are. And then there are some from some more recent logging just before we bought one part of it uh, going on 50 years ago. And most of these, or many of these stumps, have a yellow birch growing right out of the center of them. Hmm. And of some other trees as well. And I talked with uh, one of our neighbors, Ulf Gavert, who is a soil biologist. And he said, oh yeah, those are moisture-loving trees, and we have sand on clay up here, which I know. And they are, and those rotting stumps also have nutrients in them. So these um, these little yellow birch trees are clinging to these stumps, and then as the stumps rot away, their their roots become claws and some really interesting uh, formations. And I've seen them before, but I had never really taken a lot of pictures of them. But you know, it's a slow deer season when you get pictures of, <laughs> of when you have that much time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and we did several still hunts, you know, because the weather it was crunchy walking most of the time, but there was. Uh, it was rain one day and there was moisture, so we were able to do that. And, and then the snow, of course, makes it easier to still hunt. So we, uh, covered a lot of ground, stayed on our, uh, 120 acres and moved deer. John did see several, but didn't get a shot. And all I saw, like I say, were turkeys. I had coyotes one night, uh, this flock of turkeys, I think it was the 18, uh, the double or triple brood. Across uh, the trail, I could fly them, hear them fly up to a tree, uh, or multiple trees, and I saw a few of them as they went up. They were that close. And as I got down from the tree, I heard a coyote bark. And then another one, and another one, and pretty soon they were howling, and they were like 50 yards from me. And I was a little spooked, because it was dark, and, you know, I know coyotes don't attack people, but when you're alone in the woods, and you have a single oh, yeah. shot weapon. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so anyway, that was interesting, to say the least, but that was uh, probably the most excitement I had. Yeah, I've, about the most I've had through this season is uh, watching trail cameras. A lot of different stuff on trail cameras in different places that I've I've had them up. Big, big bobcat uh, hmm. in the Arpen area by my parents' place. I mean, he hmm. is the biggest bobcat I've ever, I've ever seen on a camera or, or in person or any otherwise, uh, foxes, coyotes, uh, you know, there's deer at night. They come running through and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, a lot of camera work this year, just not as much, uh, not as much reloading, Dan, not yep. as much reloading. Yep. I hear you. <laughs> well, my neighbor had a bobcat, um, on, on a trail camera just 50 yards north of our property line. So we've got them around here too. It is nice to see the variety of animals that you pick up on a trail cam because you don't just get deer. And my uh, uh, nearest neighbor, Dan Fish, the day I drove up north, he I stopped to say hello to him on my way up, and uh, he showed me, he said, look out the window, and there were two deer bedded across the, the road, <laughs> and they would look like a pair of fawns. And then he showed me trail camera photos of multiple bucks during daylight from the week before. And... I drove five hours north to hunt. <laughs> so, sure, of course. Anyway, well, there's always another season, and uh, we will talk about that. But I hope um, I hope Robert gets to get a shot at one at least. Uh, or season Me too. This Me weekend. too. Yeah, yep. for sure. Well, folks, coming up, Dr. Lowell Beyer is an environmental historian. He's going to talk about the Endangered Species Act which is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year amid celebration and some controversy, too. It's an interesting conversation. 
and Director of Economic Development for Florence County, Eric Prince, announces Winter Fun, and there's a lot going on up there in Florence County. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Florence County Forestry and Parks is happy to announce their new online registration system for access to our Lake Emily and West Bass Lake campgrounds, pavilions, boat launch yearly passes, and information on the Kai's Peak Ski Lodge. FlorenceCountyParks.com is the site. It is currently live for you to see how it functions, and you can set up your account sign-in for when you're ready to reserve sites starting on January 1st, 2024. So check out FlorenceCountyParks.com and get ready for 2024. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle LI from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. It's the new Wisconsin Ice Fishing Expo, December 8th through 10th, Sunnyview Expo Center, Oshkosh. Deals on ice gear from giant manufacturers and brands not found in stores. Seminars from Larry Smith, Tom Boley, and many more. Kid Zone, Trout Pond, Santa, and free giveaways all three days, plus awesome food trucks. The family will love the Wisconsin Ice Fishing Expo. Kids 12 and under are free and free parking. Go to icefishexpo.com for info. Sponsored by Wisconsin Outdoor News, Ion, Eskimo, Ice Team, Acme, and Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 292-4916 or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Florence County, Wisconsin invites you to explore thousands of acres of county, state, and national forest lands, plus their wild rivers, ATV, UTV trails, and much more. You can learn all about opportunities to have fun in Florence County online at exploreflorencecounty.com. And joining us now for our last conversation of the year is the Director of Florence County Economic Development, Eric Prince. Well, Eric Welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Can't believe it's already December, Dan, and talking about Christmas. Yeah, well, you had Christmas in Florence last weekend, didn't you? We did. We have a lot of the local vendors in the area. We have just shy of 120 vendors. We probably had over a 1,000 people come through the doors. Everybody was leaving with bags. It was actually a really nice day. And on top of that, we had what we coined winter in Florence to separate a little bit, but we're going to do it all as Christmas in Florence next year. It was an open house, if you will, over at the Visitor Center, also known as the Wild Rivers Interpretive Center. I think you may have been there. I have. We had the the gift shop just full of all sorts of new product that people could buy for Christmas. And then one of our staff, our dad is a professional ice sculpturist. You can see the pictures on Explore Florence County Facebook page. He did, it was a big glass 
thing that says Wild Rivers on it, uh, Florence County. He did a salmon. His name is Mac Winker, and he did a Winker basket, which actually had seven dozen roses in it. It was really fun. There were quite a few folks over there. We had Santa. So there were a couple events going on, and all of the eateries and taverns and bakeries in town in between them, they were all abuzz. And Saturday was a lot of fun for the community. Fantastic. Well, I'm sorry I missed that, but it's hard to be everywhere. That I'm still <laughs> learning it, I guess. So what's going on for the rest of December now? That was kind of a biggie for us last weekend. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the week before that was all the hunting season stuff. Sure. This weekend is the four-day analyst hunt. But other than that, it's really getting ready for 2024. We have a lot of things that are popping up for January and February. We have a handful of ice fishing derbies. We're looking to bring back the Chili Skiing, which is out at the Lauderman Trail, working with the U.S. Forestry Department on having that trail all set up. It was a really big event. The last time we did it was in 2018, and since I've been here, I've had quite a few people asking me, when are we going to do that chili skiing again? I'm working with Wendy, you know Wendy Gallop, my, oh, yeah. my predecessor, yep. along with U.S. Forestry, to bring that back. And we're going to be doing that, I believe, the first weekend in February, and then the derbies, and then we're going to have a winter ski party, which is, is all for the kids up at Kai's Peak. And we're doing that in February. We had something like 150 kids, you know, with the parents and stuff. I mean, for us, that's a lot of people, right? Yeah. I can tell you that February itself is going to be pretty big. Down in Long Lake, the Roadhouse 139 is doing their predator hunt in January. And then they're going to have the Long Lake Ice Fishing Derby down there in February. There's a lot to keep an eye out for in January and February. I just think we're at the end of the first week in December, and I think people want to get their Christmas shopping done and go to their Christmas parties. and That's what we got going on and coming up. Okay, and then there's something called the Great Eight Winter Games in mid-February? Yeah, that held out in Kingsford. I had just heard about it. And what they do is they take the surrounding school systems and they're invited to participate in these games. It's almost like a mini Olympics, I guess. I haven't actually attended, but I heard that it gets quite an attendance. So there's that coming up. I do want to also mention, you know, we have that Guys Peak truck drags that's coming up in March. We're in the process of selling the 400 tickets for the raffle to raise money for the Florence Fire Department. Grand prize is $10,000. Second prize is $5,000. Third prize is 2500 There's only 400 tickets being sold. Um, I'm not sure how many have been sold, but they're 100 bucks a pop. be nice to win $10,000, I'll tell you what. So we have that going on as a fundraiser, and that's right around the corner on March 9th. That always brings in three, 4,000 people. That's a big event for us. You know what? One thing I do want to mention, because this is our last one, and we do get people from other states as well as around the state come up and, and visit with us. We have a new registration system. That's going live on January 1st. Yes. An online registration system for campsites, Lake Emily, West Pass Lake. I think you can even rent the ski lodge through there. But if you go to FlorenceCountyParks.com, it's currently working. It's very intuitive. I've gone through it. You can go on there and you can create a login for yourself. And then come January 1st, if you want to go to, say, Lake Emily, you pick the site that you want at Lake Emily. It gives you all the information you know, electricity, blah, blah, blah. It's not live where you can actually register, but come January 1st, if you have your login all set up, you just log in and get yourself registered and come up and visit. Yeah, we've been running that spot that you gave us, so people are aware of it. So I hope a lot of people will do that. I think it's going to be great. And I know that West Bass Lake, they have a new bathhouse. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Keep that in mind. And, you know, we have all the pavilions and all the parks. And, of course, you can come up here and check out the waterfalls and hike and all that stuff. Ice is starting to get thick on the lakes. I know that a buddy of mine was out on last weekend, on Sunday. He said it was about four inches. So I don't know where it is because we've had 30, 30 to 40 degree weather up here. So it's been a little bit warmer than expected. Yeah. But when the snow comes, you've got snowmobile trails and some of the best in the state. You know what? The Blue Ox Trail Riders are amazing. The ATV, UTV trails are about 160 miles. And when it comes to snowmobiles, we have over 180 miles. And they really work hard to keep them nice. And we look forward to everybody coming up and checking them out. They're beautiful. Well, Eric, thank you so much for the update. We wish everyone there in Florence County a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we hope that we can be talking to you again in 2024. Merry Christmas to you and all the folks out there listening, and I hope that 2024 is even better. Thanks so much. We will be in touch.
Eric Prince is the Director of Economic Development for Florence County. You can learn about much more online at exploreflorencecounty.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Endangered Species Act turned 50 this year. It's considered the most important wildlife conservation law ever passed. It protects endangered species along with their habitats and ecosystems, but it's not without controversy. Critics say the ESA is an intrusion on private property rights and an impediment to local government and private enterprise, among other criticisms. And joining us to talk about the history of the Endangered Species Act and take a look at its future is Dr. Lowell Bayer. If I read you even a brief biography, we wouldn't have much time for questions. Let's just suffice it to say he's an environmental historian and an attorney. He's a past president and the only president emeritus of the Boone and Crockett Club. He's also the author of five books on endangered species and the environment, including his latest, and that's why we're talking to him today, a two-volume set entitled The Codex of the Endangered Species Act. And there's a subtitle for each of those as well. Dr. Bayer, welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network, and thanks for joining us. Well, I look forward to it, Dan, and hello to all of your listeners out in Wisconsin and the Midwest. Well, thank you, and it's, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Now, I suspect that the term codex is not familiar to many of my listeners, and according to Webster, a codex is a manuscript book, especially of scripture, classics, or ancient annals. Why are your books called a codex? The breadth and the amount of history that was generated over the last 50 years, history of the Endangered Species Act, plus the earlier Endangered Species Acts in 1966 and 69, which were then folded into the 73 Act, just contains so much history and material that to me, it looked like a codex. And Uh so that's why I called it that. Okay. Well, how did you get involved in conservation and endangered species, and why? Well, let me give you the short version. First of all, I'm a northern Indiana farm kid. I was raised in northern Indiana, undergraduate at Valparaiso, and my law degree was from Indiana University at Bloomington. I was raised as a farm kid, and you're very close to the earth, and nature, and especially back when I was raised in the 40s and 50s, we were at the end of the REA rural electrification line. And so I grew up in a house that had no heat or running water. We had a telephone line that had 13 people on the party line. Mm-hmm. And I spent as much time out outdoors as I could. And I really became enamored, not just with the hard farm work of row crops and hogs and milking cows, But I really became enamored with the way the environment worked, the seasons worked, the changes that I saw and witnessed in the environment. And I became more and more curious. So as I got older, I really began to look at it in a far more academic and different and educated life. It was a process of evolution starting when I was a kid on the farm. Running from a wasp or a bumblebee nest that you would hit sometimes when you're mowing, yep. and looking for the closest cornfield to run into. <laughs> um, it comes from childhood and, and my upbringing, and my continued fascination because nature has so much to offer for those that pay attention. And yeah. you know, I'll be 84 in January, and I'm still learning. I'm still watching the process of growth of our various species and both plants and animals which is what the endangered species covered, not just animals, but all varieties of species, plants, animals, insects, and so forth. Yes, certainly. I'm sure you're familiar with Aldo Leopold. He's beloved and led the way for America to think differently about how we treat our land and our environment and look at it from a totally different angle than we did before his era. And he began writing. He started in the 20s with the Forest Service, His first assignment was down in New Mexico, the Kaibab Forest down there. But he was followed 
by a fellow who I always wanted to meet, Wendell Berry, who's a poet, a past poet laureate down in Kentucky, yes. but who wrote in the same vein as Aldo did. Last week I was speaking in Louisville, and I found out that Wendell Berry was alive and well and lived about an hour from Louisville, and I went out to visit with him for an afternoon. Did you? He is 89 years old. He ran up the stairs. I cannot believe the man's health. I mean, he was resilient mentally and physically as ever. 89 years old. They were great writers. In that, but Aldo led the way. Aldo Leopold is, I know, he's the beloved son of your state. Absolutely. Well, it's it's interesting that uh, you went out of the way to meet Wendell Berry. He spoke here in Wisconsin. Gosh, it was at least a decade ago. And my wife and I went to hear him and to meet him. And she took him one of our... I forget what fruit it was. I think it was an apple or a tomato that we grew. I can't remember. And I've been a big fan of his writing. Well, gosh, we're getting off the track, which happens sometimes when you get someone who has a great background and, and a broad interest, as you do. But I mentioned Leopold because I'm sure I know a lot of my listeners are familiar with Leopold and the land ethic yes. and his oh, yeah. his interest in making sure that we save all the parts, even the parts that we may not understand the value of, or, or that may not have value in our terms, but maybe among other species that they live with in the ecosystem, they have a value. They have an important place and an important role. The Supreme Court in 1978, in their famous case of TVA B. Hill, actually quoted the quote that you just referenced of Leopold. Uh-huh. It's well regarded as part of the Endangered Species Act, that no part is to be disposed of. Which can lead us into a lot of directions, but let's jump right into one controversial endangered species, the gray wolf. We have wolves here in Wisconsin. We have them on our property occasionally. I haven't seen any this year, and as you and I talked before we started recording, I'm still deer hunting up here. The wolves are here. They're throughout the upper Midwest, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Some people love them. Some people hate them. I think the vast majority of people sort of tolerate them. Why are they important in this broad ecosystem? Well, they are very much a species that was virtually wiped out Yes, back in the 20s and 30s, utilizing various government programs. They are just one of the many species that are protected by the Endangered Species Act. Why are they important? Because they are part of the universe. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the universe of all species, plants and animals, etc., you begin to realize that one supports the other. There's an unbroken chain between all the species, and man relies on all of those species for his food, his medicine, his clothing, his housing, etc., and wolves are just a part of that. And they're not treated any differently than any of the other endangered species at all. And they've gotten controversy because, A, of the government programs after the turn of the century and into the 20s and 30s to eliminate them all. Yeah. And then they've been roaringly coming back. What good did they do? Well, just as an example, Yellowstone National Park had no wolves. During the Clinton administration, his Secretary of Interior... Bruce Babbitt reintroduced them under the 10-J rule as an experimental population under the Endangered Species Act. Mm -hmm. There are a few mule deer on the edges of the park, and the whitetail and the elk were eating the willows and many of the riparian species of plants and shrubs. They were just eating them down to the core. And the wolves were introduced, and they began to balance that. And those willows and other riparian plants have all returned, and the park is today a lot healthier because of the wolves balancing out the universe of the species within that park. Just as one example, they have provided a substantial balancing of animals and plants within that park. Dr. Bayer, we have to take a break here, but will you stay with us? I will, indeed. I enjoyed this very much. Okay. Folks, I'm talking with Dr. Lowell Bayer. He is an environmental historian. We're talking about the Endangered Species Act, and we will be back with more right after this. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. 
Get ready now for 2024 with the official Outdoor News Sportsman's Calendar. Whether it's hunting, fishing, or finding your local sports show, this collectible calendar has it all. Stay ahead with moon phases, peak fish and wildlife activity times, and more, all surrounded by original images from the nation's top wildlife artists. Now available in multiple states, including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois, all the way to New York. Supplies are limited, so get yours today at OutdoorNews.com. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids, big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 608- Two nine two four nine one six, or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com. It's the new Wisconsin Ice Fishing Expo, December 8th through 10th, Sunnyview Expo Center, Oshkosh. Deals on ice gear from giant manufacturers and brands not found in stores. Seminars from Larry Smith, Tom Boley, and many more. Kids Zone, Trout Pond, Santa, and free giveaways all three days, plus awesome food trucks. The family will love the Wisconsin Ice Fishing Expo. Kids 12 and under are free and free parking. Go to icefishexpo.com for info. Sponsored by Wisconsin Outdoor News, Ion, Eskimo, Ice Team, Acme, and Wi-Fi. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking with Dr. Lowell Bayer. He is an environmental historian and an attorney and an expert on the Environmental Species Act, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary now. We've been talking about wolves, which are still listed as endangered, although many people here in the upper Midwest don't believe they're endangered anymore and think that they should be removed from federal protection so that they can be managed here in the states. Dr. Bayer, what's your take on that position of let the states manage the wolves where they are abundant enough for that to happen. I would love to see that happen. States' rights have been really run over by the Endangered Species Act. The states of Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming got together several years ago and said, look, we set a quota. When we all agreed that we were going to reintroduce wolves out here, we agreed to 300 pairs the maximum, and they brought the broodstock in, if you will, from Canada. They are now well over 3,000 pair. They've just gotten out of hand. And every time the government tries to delist them, the courts are inundated with lawsuits by environmental activists that fight to keep them on the endangered species list. The Congress finally had to get involved to remove them from that act, and they now are hunted in those three states. Mm Mm-hmm. It's been a bouncing ball in your area. They've been delisted at least twice. They've been relisted because of lawsuits and liberal judges. At some point, I think the Congress is probably going to have to step in 
with the Great Lakes population, just like they did the greater Yellowstone population. Mm -hmm. Now, here in the upper Midwest, they were not reintroduced, and that's something that a lot of people don't understand. I still talk to people who say, oh, the DNR brought the wolves back. And I said, no, they crossed Frozen Lake Superior and the Mississippi, and they got here from uh -huh. Minnesota and Michigan, and maybe they've always been here. I've uh -huh. owned property up here in northern Wisconsin for 50 years, and we did not encounter them back then, but now they're here. Sure. Say what you like about them, but they're not really endangered here. They should be managed by the state. I'm glad to see that you agree that that's the case. So I guess I hear you saying that the Endangered Species Act, as far as wolves is concerned, was a good thing in Yellowstone up to a point, but now here in the upper Midwest, maybe we need to do something different. Well, that's why there should be state control, because the states are closer to the problems mm -hmm. of the species than Washington, D.C., Mm -hmm. Even though there are regional Fish and Wildlife Service offices around the country, uh, it, the states really should be in control. That's a whole other discussion about why don't they have more control. Because when the Endangered Species Act was passed, there was a huge fight in the Congress over should the states have priority or should the federal government, in terms of the, the laws and the regs, it would control species. And the federal government went out for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. but it's caused a tremendous problems with many, many states over the years. That's why I'm such a states' rights advocate. Uh -huh. But the Endangered Species Act, taken globally, is a good thing, and it has done good things for the environment, for those species that might have been lost otherwise, and ultimately for us as people who have to live, even though many of us live detached from the environment. Uh, you and I and a lot of my listeners are pretty close to it. Mm -hmm. On balance, the ESA is a good thing. It is. There are about, uh, and it varies from week to week, but there's in the 1680s endangered species that are listed, plants and animals both. Mm -hmm. That varies from week to week, but those 1687 species would not be here today but for the Endangered Species Act. Lighter by that many species that would have been wiped out by now. Uh -huh. It's very positive from that standpoint. And I go on to point out that the naysayers always want to say, well, gee, you've only delisted so many, 30, 40, I can't remember the exact number. So therefore, it's been a failure because you've only delisted so many. Well, mm -hmm. the other side of the coin is, look how many have been protected. Yeah, Over 1,680-some right now. Do you think most Americans understand what the uh, ESA is and how important it is? It's a mixed bag, but I can tell you this. When there are polls that are done around the country, everyone seems to love and support having the Endangered Species Act. It's got high ratings. And so uh -huh. whenever the Congress gets ornery and contrary about trying to dumb it down or repeal it, uh, the, the, the general public rises up because they may not understand it fully, but they recognize its importance and support it. Back to your books now. You published Volume 1. We're recording this early in the week. You told me that Volume 2 is out this week, right? That's correct, yes. And there will be a third volume. Now, what is in each of these three volumes? Well, Volume 1... Dan, is the first 50-year history of the Endangered Species Act. Mm -hmm. Back then, when it was passed, the various folks that wrote that act, most of whom I knew personally and still know, there are still a few that are alive, thank God, they could not foresee 50 years ago climate change and global warming uh -huh. or invasive species or just even something like CWD. CWD is chronic wasting disease. There were so many things they couldn't see 50 years ago. So I convened a panel of 27 senior scientists and administrators that have worked throughout their careers on the Endangered Species Act. And I've said, look, we need to do a second volume and look ahead 50 years. And I want you to take your best shot in different areas and look ahead 50 years and counsel us, counsel the government especially, and the Fish and Wildlife Service that enforces the act, counsel us on how we deal with the unknowns that we don't even know that are coming. Uh -huh. So that's what Volume 2 is all about, senior people 
trying to take a look and coach the public as well as our administrators then and now on what the act is all about and how to deal with the unknown. Do you think the Endangered Species Act will still be around in 50 years? Absolutely. No question about it. Now, will it be the same? Will it be enforced and administered and interpreted the same way it is today? Probably not, because it's become much more flexible. It was very absolute and rigid up until the Clinton administration, and they recognized that it was too absolute and rigid to really work. And so Bruce Babbitt and his team of scientists created a variety of regulations to begin to make it much, much more flexible to deal with. Uh And that uh, dramatic sea change continues to this day, thank God. Every year I see new regs coming out that make it much easier to deal with for the average citizen, the private landowner. Uh How is the Endangered Species Act funded? Primarily by general appropriations every year through the Congress, Mm -hmm. part of their general appropriations. However, the Pittman-Robinson Act and then the Dingell-Johnson Act that followed provide funds. Last year, it was over $1.2 billion, as I best recall. That's just one year of revenues that are excise taxes on guns, ammunition, and other paraphernalia related to the hunting and the archery industry. Yeah. And yeah. those funds are distributed to the states for their conservation programs, which include endangered species. Yeah, I think our listeners are familiar with Pittman-Robertson and Dingle-Johnson. I thought that's where the funding came from. You've looked back 50 years, you're looking ahead 50 years. What's volume three? Volumes one and two are pretty deep in the weeds. People have said, well, why did you write them so deeply and so, you know, so academically? Well, it's because a lot of people weren't around 50 years ago and don't know the history of how it's developed and why it is where it is today and how it's interpreted today. But throughout over a six-year period, I interviewed, oh, somewhere between 75 and 85 people throughout the country, everything from government administrators to people that were around back in the 1972 uh, to farmers, ranchers, foresters, and other folks that worked with the land and collected a lot of stories that human interest stories that couldn't be put into volumes one and two. And so the publisher said, well, why don't you, why don't you tell in layman terms what volumes one and two are all about, but include all those human interest stories? Uh-huh. Well, by golly, I started looking back through my notes, and I had a lot of human interest stories. So in volume three, there's sex, there's drugs, there's fist fights, there's a murder, there's a suicide, jail time and other human interest parts of the history. And those are all in that, in addition to an education as to what the ESA is all about today. Uh I think a lot of my listeners would say, now you're talking, I can get my teeth into something like that. (laughs) Well, April 22nd, which is Earth Day next year, is when it'll be released. Wonderful. I will look forward to seeing that. And so for the layman who maybe isn't as interested in history as a scholar might be, Volume 3 might be the complete package then? It would be, and I think you and and your listeners will enjoy it. I know I enjoyed writing it. I somewhat, I said to the publisher, my God, I'm tired. I want to put this animal down. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, you're not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) So at any rate, that's the sixth volume, the the sixth book I've got that's coming out in next uh, in April, April 22nd. Yeah. Well, we but it was a lot of fun. I got into it and started recalling some of those funny stories and some sad stories, actually. Well, we will have you on again then when that book comes out because I'd love to get my hands on a copy and uh, read some of those stories because I'm sure they're fascinating. So where can we get copies of your books? Well, the publisher is Roman and Littlefield and with a code that I'll provide for your listeners. And you can buy it from your local bookstore or from Amazon. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much and look forward to talking to you again. Yes, sir. I look forward to it as well. Good luck to you and all your listeners that are hunters during this hunting season. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate you taking uh, time to talk with us. And uh, I wish you and your family a happy holiday season and, and good health. And we will talk to you around Earth Day time when the new book comes out. And happy holidays and Merry Christmas to all. Thank you so much. Dr. Lowell Bayer, the author of 
the Codex of the Endangered Species Act. To order copies of Dr. Bayer's books, go to roman.com, that's R-O-W-M-A-N.com, and the promo code for a discount is R-L-F-A-N-D-F-30. That's R-L-F-A-N-D-F-30. I'll also post that promo code on my Facebook page. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Florence County Forestry and Parks is happy to announce their new online registration system for access to our Lake Emily and West Bass Lake campgrounds, pavilions, boat launch yearly passes, and information on the Kai's Peak Ski Lodge. FlorenceCountyParks.com is the site. It is currently live for you to see how it functions, and you can set up your account sign-in for when you're ready to reserve sites starting on January 1st, 2024. So check out FlorenceCountyParks.com and get ready for 2024. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle Li from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 608- Two nine two four nine one six, or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Get ready now for 2024 with the official outdoor news sportsman's calendar. Whether it's hunting, fishing, or finding your local sports show, this collectible calendar has it all. Stay ahead with moon phases, peak fish and wildlife activity times, and more, all surrounded by original images from the nation's top wildlife artists. Now available in multiple states, including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois, all the way to New York. Supplies are limited, so get yours today at OutdoorNews.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And they have winterizing supplies in stock if you have not done so already. And uh, short on time, which you are, uh, they can do the job for you. Uh, check their website for details. Also check out their Facebook page. We're also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camo wear, at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com. And by Professional Hearing Care, LLC of Mauston, La Crosse, Westby, and Fitchburg, profhearingcare.com. If our TV show Outdoor Wisconsin is not airing where you live, you can watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And Deer Hunt Wisconsin from the past several years is archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel. And this uh, radio program is online in a couple of different places as well. You can download the episodes and uh, listen at your leisure. Check it out at lake-link.com. Go to their outdoor radio page and download it there. You can also check us out on the outdoornews.com slash podcast page. 
Uh, find Dan on social media, Dan Small Outdoors, and find me at Hardwater Jeff. And if you happen to stumble across a bear den while deer hunting this year, the DNR wants to know the location so they can monitor the bears and maybe put a collar on the sow and the yearling cubs. And it's all part of a survey on bear litter size and diet. So visit the DNR website. Just type in keywords bear dens for more information. And you know, Jeff, I wouldn't be surprised if with this warm weather, some of these denning bears are out wandering around. I, I haven't seen any or any evidence, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I'm sure, you know, the guys that have some trail cam photos and stuff like that or trail cameras up, they may have seen a few yet. Yeah. Yeah. And you may have heard that a CWD positive deer was shot in Jackson County this fall. That'll extend the baiting and feeding ban there that was in place because of adjacent counties that had positives. We'll try to get Christina mm-hmm. Kazuski, the DNR elk biologist, on the show pretty soon to talk about any implications that discovery might have for the Jackson County elk herd. She's uh, said that she'd be interested in talking, but uh, hasn't got much to report just yet. The mm-hmm. DNR's Keep Wildlife Wild poster contest is open to all 4th, 5th, and 6th grade students, and I think your kids fall into that category. Uh, My oldest one does, yep. Yeah, Robert does. And enrolled in any school in Wisconsin. The deadline is February 16th, so there's plenty of time. Just go to the DNR website and type in Keep Wildlife Wild to learn about the contest rules. If you happen to shoot a buck or bear and you haven't done anything with the head yet, and it's still in a usable condition, you're thinking of turning it into a European mount. Todd King of TK Mounts in Boscobel offers several options at a very reasonable price. You can check out his website, tkmounts.com. He did two bucks for my son in recent years. And if I ever get a big one, he'll do that one for me as well. He does a great job, and he's got a swiveling clamp mount that's just fantastic you can uh, hang a deer skull a bear skull just about anywhere our theme music is by Warren Nelson you can hear more of his tunes and look for updates on his performances at warrennelson.com I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio